Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number four of the Fitness Devil You Know podcast with Michael Dietrich. Shut up and sit down. All right, guys. Well, welcome to episode number four of the uh, Finished Devil You Know podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Coates and uh, Dean Guido, my co-host right here. And tonight we have Michael Dietrich of FitMD, also on YouTube known as Mountain Mike. And we are talking uh, outdoor fitness, no-nonsense nutrition, and we'll probably end up down a couple other rabbit holes while we're at it. So uh, welcome, Mike. Well, thank you for having me on. It's an honor. All right. Uh, so you've been working now as a personal trainer for well, about as long as I have, right? Been in the industry for about seven years now. Mm-hmm. And you've done some uh, physique competitions. Done a couple, yeah, back and in the day. And you've played uh, soccer, if I'm not mistaken, a few other things. I'll let you tell we'll, everybody. We'll more cover soccer me. in a sec. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into soccer. And uh, probably the coolest thing you've been doing more lately is your Mountain Mike <laughs> YouTube channel, which has taken off. Uh, like it's it's been insane. No, no one cares about your training. Just yeah, I know, right? People ask me if I'm still training. Like, yeah, I train a lot. I just like they just want to see Bear Bear, the dogs, and going in the mountains. But you yeah. don't train anymore. You do, but you don't. Oh, no, no, no. I train a lot. I train. Okay, that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. So let's start this off. So again, some pretty cool accomplishments. But I think one thing we skipped and what I alluded to was your mountain mic, your trainer. You've been doing this for a while. But you played national level soccer. I did, yeah. So, I did for a lot of years. That was my entire life. That was my entire upbringing, and that's why I'm here today. And I was going to say, how has it impacted your journey into fitness? But tell us a little bit more about that, just because I didn't know about it. Then I looked at your, your webpage, and it's like, I played national level soccer like it was nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things that I don't like to check back too much in the past, but yeah. uh, growing up, it was something that was every single part of my life for multiple times a day every single day in my life, week after week after week. And uh, every single part of my life uh, where I'm at right now was all because of soccer. It led me to exactly where I'm at right now. Uh, What I did educationally, uh, that was off a soccer scholarship. So it led me to where I am today. So you played at Nate then? I played at I played at Nate. I played you know national level, provincial level, yep. a little bit of semi professional soccer, and kind of all the way up the the food chain all along until uh, unfortunate and injury took me out of my career just a little bit early. Yeah, you're just like me. <laughs> I'm gonna give you guys a little uh, heads up and context on this too. Um, Mike has a, an affliction with being overtly humble. He's not particularly good <laughs> at. Um, Speaking about himself in in glowing terms, uh, I, I like that humility. But I might fight with him a little bit to draw some of this stuff oh. out because he's had a pretty powerful impact on what's going on in the fitness industry, and he's one of the most reputable and well known trainers in Edmonton. Uh, anytime I see a post on social media, someone's looking for a trainer, someone tags Mike's name in there. So, did well, you go? Did, you. did you go to school because of soccer? Like, would you have been a trainer? So if you wouldn't have played soccer, uh, where it all led was it was like it was one of those things, and I uh, I had several opportunities to go play soccer down in the states, yeah. uh, because of circumstances, injury took me out of that. Uh, so Nate found out um, that I was I was open to take, and they made me an offer, and I thought absolutely no way, because I'm not a trades guy, and that's what I always thought <laughs> Nate was. And then I heard about the PFT program, yeah, and it piqued my interest a little bit. But then they heard it was full. Uh, because of, you know, I like to think the quality of player that I was, I got flagged in the system and thrown into the program, um, kind of no questions asked. That's sweet. So once I, I, I enlisted to that program selfishly because I just wanted to be a better athlete and learn, you know, because I knew soccer was starting to dwindle and I had a handful of injuries that, um, I want to know how to get better in every aspect of my life because I was, I always was training hard. I did enjoy the off season and then, uh, yeah, it's for selfish reason. Then I'm like, holy crap, I can actually make yeah. money doing this. People are going to pay me to do something that I love. And next thing you know, here I am. Well, it's basically your plan B because essentially, probably up until that point, I know the feeling because I Every played football. Every single like, person pro, wants to be pro, a professional pro, athlete. Pro, yeah. yeah. And right. then you're like, okay, now what? Some people either hold on to it for way too long or they like say, what's what's the next step? So yeah. next step was training. Next step was, next step was training, yeah, for sure. That's sweet. Uh, we'll talk about um, starting your own business and your mountain Mike persona, but what was it like starting out as a trainer, fresh out of Nate, I guess fresh off 
of soccer. Yeah. Like, how was that journey, or at least the first few years? It's, it was really funny. Um, for me, it was a little bit different. It was actually a really, really easy, smooth transition. Yep. And it's something that every day that I'm thankful for because, uh, you know, so many people, they try to get into, into the industry and it is rough, you yep. know, um, for so many different reasons. But I felt like every aspect of my life leading up to training, I was building, you know, from when I was in elementary, I was always athletic i was always kind of just like living that lifestyle leading up to the point of where i am now and it was a really really it was really smooth for me i made good connections i felt like i was just in that where where did you work right out of like did you start your business right out i jumped into the business right out i worked at a small studio for two weeks yeah uh it was something i did (laughs) not like and uh i got out of there super early i was like oh i'm blessed i'm like you're blessed to work at a big box gym like what what happened you see two weeks and you started like fit. yeah, I started. I started going. I, I kicked things off actually in Vernon, BC. Okay, we launched a, a boot camp out there. Yeah. Um. So we got it was pretty cool. Like twelve noon Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we blew up a boot camp and had friends coming out to that, and that just grew and grew and grew. And then I started one one on one sessions. And as I was kind of like getting all that buzz of the business over in Vernon, BC, my hometown is yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. So you know people are inquiring and asking questions. They want to see what's going on because seven years ago the industry is very different than it is now. It was still a fairly new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are like, man, I really would love to get on this. And then, as you know, in the Okanagan, once summer starts to end, uh, <laughs> everything kind of goes down the drain. So yeah. we, uh, I need to kind of evaluate what my next move was going to be. So it was back to Edmonton, and I kind of had a waiting list once I got back to Edmonton, how I was going to transition and get into the industry. So you know, I, I got back, and next thing you know, I started to fill up a schedule. So it was, it was really, really smooth. And I, you know, I, I have a close connection with Nate and their graduates and I get asked that question all the time, what it's going to be like coming out of school. And I, I, I'm a bad person to ask that question. It was really smooth. And I, I'm so thankful every single day for that. It's like me. You're like always telling me like, oh man, you don't know how you started at this like nice place right away. But yeah, I don't have that bad experience. Like yeah. it's fast. I, so many, so many graduates. And you know what? I really, really, truly believe that is I was in the eye of fitness forever leading up to the position I'm in. And if you ask anyone that's known me my whole life, training was, I think, what I was meant to do. So it was just a very nice, natural transition that, you know, if you're out partying on weekends and just, you know, you weren't involved in sports and everything, it's going to be a much more difficult transition into that. But because of my network that I had previously and good connections with a lot of people, uh, it ended up being smooth for me. Well, just at that level of soccer too, the kind of skills you build in terms of preparation leadership. and drive, leadership, working out, like you're doing you're doing the, the career thing. You're just shifting focus, I guess. Yeah. Like it's not much different. Yeah. Like, and I, I think, you know, so much of that, of like the leadership, the uh, competitive nature, just being a personable person, I think you guys could both agree that if, how many people do you know that are either extremely knowledgeable but they're not personable. You know what I mean? It's just, like I, we there's all a know a lot of those. Well, there's a lot of smart people, and that's great. Yeah. But like, if you if people don't like you, that's great. You're a smart guy with no clients that's, or that's right. no impact on people. Right. And so knowing how to market yourself and put yourself out there, because you know you could be a very poor trainer, but if you have a good presence we all know those ones of like you know the instagram stars of the world or the weekend warriors <laughs> andrew <laughs> yeah let's uh i'm not gonna get yeah we're gonna keep this we can keep this let's friendly. just say I've, I've seen more than a few dreadful trainers in terms of their skills and professionalism and yet they were able to generate a following and consistently busy <clears throat> just simply because there's enough charisma there that people kept coming back to them and it's almost astonishing to watch it, but yet it happens. And if it's improving those clients' lives and they're getting something out of it and experience, well, guess what? There's some value in that too. So, Right. It, 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 it's very it. rare to see someone that's very well-rounded, that's educated, that's passionate, that lives the lifestyle and so many different uh, of those aspects that all kind of tie into what makes someone plus good, a, good Plus a fun do. year in BC helps. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so let's take that a little further. Now, we ha- we talked about starting out. How did you grow the business into something that was more successful, more sustainable? Clearly, you were pretty independent in this venture. And then stay popular when we know a lot of trainers get into the industry. The statistics are very grim on how many last. Yeah, it's it's wild. So when I uh, when I first started out training, um, you know, I had a, I had 
a business or I had a, a mortgage to pay and car payments and all the bills and everything else like that. Uh, so I was actually working just like a, a warehouse job. This was eight, eight years ago now. And you know, that's taking up 40 hours a week of your time. So as I started to build, build my, uh, build my business, I realized what those 40 extra hours a week that I was putting into a dead end job were doing to me. Uh, so I made the decision all of a sudden to, uh, drop that job and then rely on myself as my income, which is the best decision I ever could have made. Cause that, that extra 40 hours a week of not wanting to work in a hot, sweaty, place um, really allowed me the time to get after and build my business. And I just bought a house at that time. So, so I was relying on myself to pay sure more. You, you felt, you went from one heat to another, like you felt the heat, like if you didn't make the money. Oh yeah. When, no when you put yourself in that zone of discomfort is when you can grow the most. Yep. I've always done well in uncomfortable situations. So uh, there, that's, I think why I thrived. Yeah. Don't recommend buying a house, quitting your job and starting a trader. But as you have the drive, you have the man. background as an ass that you'll make it I look happen. back on that decision and it's like, <laughs> wow, that was good. But it, it also forced me to put every single ounce of everything that I had of like ridiculous work ethic at that time to make it all happen. But it was great. So here we are. <laughs> that, uh, that answers the question pretty well. So now here we're going to challenge your humility a little bit. Woo! <laughs> okay, let's do all this. Right. Your success and popularity. Yeah. Like, what qualities do you bring to this that have made you truly stand out? What are you truly great at? Stunning good looks from my mom and dad. See, he's not lying. I mean, <laughs> no, no, watching, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. If you're watching the live feed, you'll actually see he's a pretty good looking dude. But uh, No, um, honestly, I think it's treating and valuing every single one of your clients and trying to do a, an absolutely best job you possibly can with every one of those individuals. Uh, you know, because those people really are trusting you you know, with their, with their money, with their time, with their bodies, which is a very special thing to put your all into, you know, helping them. Cause so many people, it's, it's a, it's about money and how many more sessions can they sell? And, you know, in the, a lot of those big box gyms, that's the focus is to try to drive more and more sale. Yeah. More and more sale to fall into a higher percentage. And for me, it was, uh, I mean, money is always a nice pat on the back. But you know what, you guys get it. When you get those messages rolling in of like, you really help someone's life. You know, they really help, or you, you really help them lose that weight and they've improved their confidence and so many of those different things that at the end of the day, you feel so good. And it's kind of that positive tumbleweed effect of the more people you help and the more positive everything is, you just, you just feel so great. And you know, word of mouth is a beautiful thing. It's just a absolute spider web network of tying in um, you know, with, when you look at your clientele of like, everyone kind of knows everyone. It's a really cool thing. I think you're, you're hit a very key thing there too. And this is something I've noticed with the people that I know who have the best reputations is that they're, they do really, really well by referrals. Their names are out there and yeah, you can't control reputation all that well in terms of what people are saying about you, uh, in order to skew it into something that it's not, it really has to be a representation of the value you give and how people talk about you. You simply can't fake that stuff. Yeah, no, it's that's And your name is so out true. there in a very, very positive way. And that's yeah. why you're sitting here with us. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's just so true. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's why a lot of people don't last. I know that sounds horrible, but that whole even idea- the stat, Even the, the stats truth. coming out of Nate, yeah. which I, those people can be extremely knowledgeable. They have a really, really good base. Good but after after the first year, there's only 20% of graduates involved out of 350-ish graduates, including yeah. online. And then after uh, five years, there's 5% involved. One, That's crazy. As stats. horrible as it sounds. 15 out of 350 people. But you're talking about like big box gyms trying to push sales, but like money does play a factor. Like you have these kids, like how old are you out in eight? Like 19, 20? 19, 20, yeah. Like, and then you bought a house, but like, like you're in the world, man. Like you got to make money. So in terms of your journey, awesome. Worked out, but like, I, I get it. Like, oh, you, you have to get out. You have to get after that. You need just, to make yourself work. You, but You have to make it work. Right. Those big box gyms make you a slave to your work as well. Right. Because when you're seeing a small commission out of what you're actually yeah. charging, you're having to put in these crazy, crazy long hours to make it happen. Well, that's why I always tie it back. Like maybe it's because of my athletic background, but 
you're already prepared for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you prepared the pr- the grinding because like you put in how many free hours just to get better at your sport. That little bit of extra to kind of make sure your career works is just a, a easy step. It's, it's like part of it is that like inner competitiveness yeah, too. Absolutely. Right to put yourself out there. And uh, one thing that you'd mentioned before was. You know, how many people do you guys know that are just strictly advertising? Like, oh, these are my prices, these are my sales, mm. inquire with me. These are my prices, here are my sales, inquire with me. When no one wants to see that, right? That when you're doing good quality work, that's when it comes back to you that, you know, with you guys, people ask me if I'm still training and I'm <laughs> busy as I've ever been, but it's, it's in a different way, right? It's, I don't need to, I feel thankful that I don't need to put that in everybody's face all the time. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's nice to have that. Um, sometimes it is a reminder that I do need to put myself out there just a little bit more. But like I've been talking to Andrew before, and this is a little bit off track, but how people, they go and they just put them, it is just, you can't just go sales and sales and sales. Nobody likes to have that put in their face at any given time, all the time. When you give and give and give and then ask for something back, that's when things work out in your favor. Gary Vaynerchuk so talks true. about this, probably the best example of mainstream right now, and he wrote a book on it, Jab, 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 Right, right hook. hook, or some, I don't know I how many I think jabs it's Right it Hook. It's yeah, Right so, Hook. It's yeah, Right yeah, Hook. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of jabs in there. And the <laughs> essence is, and this is what you will see with the best people in the fitness industry is there's a ton of free information, a ton of give. Our podcast is an example. We don't, we're not making any fucking money off this. We're just and jabbing the fuck out of you. We're spending money. <laughs> yeah. And it puts you in a position that if you give so much to people, then what's going to happen is sooner or later people are going to turn around. Someone today messaged me wanting to come and train with me based on just getting exposed to the stuff that they'd seen on my social media. And that's super cool. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about if it's a great fit. And if it is, then we'll go from there. But I almost never talk about sales type stuff on my social media stuff. I've learned that I don't even need to. And you've mentioned big box gyms in a several times and i've got a story i want you to share with everybody we'll have some fun here oh <laughs> i grew up I'm here now <laughs> I, I grew up in that uh that big box gym world i worked there for six years and and i took a different route and i was very successful by it but i saw that that sales pressure around me so michael and i met at the big box gym i used to work at now michael actually got his ass banned from that gym for what making did, me sweaty what did you what? do you got banned from World Health? He got banned from it, yeah. So, the old the old version. I got him back eventually, but uh, tell him what you did. Well, it's at, it's at, like I didn't really directly do too much. But where it all where oh man. Okay, where it all stem from? This is funny. On your, on your your Facebook video. Alright, here we go. So where it all where it all stemmed from was I had a client that inquired with me and then she got pressured sailed at the front desk into buying personal training sessions. So she comes to me in all bunched up and she was really upset that um, she, I think, paid what was like $4,000 in sessions, but she didn't actually want to train with them. They want to train with me. So I said, I'm sorry, it's a conflict of interest. So then all around at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm there and I'm watching a trainer just staring at him, flexing in the mirror while some clients paying him 80 bucks an hour. And then another girl was <laughs> laying on the floor drinking a coffee. And like, it was, it was just like, that. and I know who the two people he's talking yeah. about just based on and that the etiquette alone. was so frustrating to me, especially as a student, you know, you're, you're just so young and dumb. And so of course I, I made a, a video in my car saying like, you know, these people are trusting you. Um, they're, they're paying you good money. Why don't you just pay attention to your clients? And I didn't even mention the big box gym's name. <laughs> and in the comment section below, it was like, ding, 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 ding. I see that, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so the next morning, I, uh, yeah, I got a, a couple calls and that I was banned from the facility and on and on. And, you know, I, my first impression was like, if, you know, I've been a member of that, that gym for, I don't know, four years or something. You see me there every single day. Why not just pull me in and talk to me about it opposed to well, just trying to threaten me out of there you, and then use press that, legal action it was against the, me. And it, it was, was the managers like, who were there at the time, and I referred to one of them as an epic-level piece of shit in an earlier episode. Same guy running a multi-level marketing scam out of the place. <laughs> we're not going and there, Andrew. He, uh, oh, we're going to do an episode on that shit, I <laughs> oh, promise man. you. And not today though. Is it and he he just saw this and no, he ran right up to the, up the chain and he's the sort of, same sort of guy who'll smile to your face. They going, hey man, how are you? That's how he talks. Yeah. And uh, yet he's the one who would have sold you out in that situation. I know that for a fact. So yeah. That's just the type of person he was, and that's the type of shit we dealt with back. I then, wish I would have so. saw that video. 
Because <laughs> you ranted about sponsorships the other day. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. The fit, I, you know what? It's so good. crazy because after you've been in the fitness industry for so long, you see, a lot, like I said, you see a lot of good stuff. You see a lot of bad stuff. And when you have to speak up every once in a while, you're not going to be friends with everyone. Right. Andrew, how good well, do you know that? And I hope no one took offense <laughs> that was actually sponsored because it wasn't saying that. It was just saying you weren't willing to take two free protein powders or whatever two free products for fucking like people 10 hours of work a month like 10 hours a month 10 hours of work a month they're in a different world and it's probably a little bit more if you have to deal with all the other shit right first of all you have a job second why would i sell to my entire audience that i've built their trust and i just can sell myself short on a pre-workout and a protein powder like (laughs) at 10 bucks cost a month i was killing myself laughing at that offer when i I read i'm like are you fucking if if i get sponsored by costco like their kaizen just because whatever they want to do like 50 bucks for like that like i I, I buy it and it's 50 bucks i thought you meant costco as a whole oh well i was like if they give me free groceries i will sell them my instagram but but you can say good shit about them and and we swore we're not going to go political on this shit but like but now our government is going to tax your discount right yeah Yeah, now your sponsorship's taxed man oh man (laughs) <laughs> no, right. no, Paul. Off to the mountains that, I go and just live in my tent. Basically, Mike has a few. If you watch his Instagram stories, he'll have a rant once every few months. I'll maybe I'll rant more. Yeah, I don't it. know who. I was, actually, I was gonna say who rants more. You or a friend, Tyler Malone, and we are gonna get Tyler on this podcast in the future. He's down in Mexico right now, and he's yeah. great for his rants. But it's Tyler, they're like it's about once a month, like something fire you up. But it was it was good. It was just something I need to that get was pretty offended or like annoyed of something. I'm it, pretty level headed. But it's just I, I have this reputation for being like ranting and I'm, I'm rarely ranting and I rant a lot less than you guys do well, so but you, yeah, didn't, right. you didn't rant on you, me? Well, you, 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 rant. you rant in person yeah, right. so now you hopefully you'll rant on this but Instagram stories like there it was the only way to get hours. through I swear I feel like it's the only way sometimes to get through it's yeah. just you need to you need to blow up every once in a while you just need to get something off your chest you know because it gets frustrating well there's a lot of that like if you go even go through Edmonton's yg fitness hashtag it's like how many how many people selling protein or this bcaa or this like pre-workout it's like crazy like man like why are you doing that man you ain't getting paid right and kate i'm so glad that you brought up the yg hashtag because i feel like this might be a smooth transition to what we're going to talk about next (laughs) so i was so hesitant like I mean, this is such an instagram thing but i was so hesitant about using the yg hashtag because you know, for all my mountain stuff, for yeah. all my stuff I'm doing, because I'm going through and I'm looking at like, you know, it's the booty pictures and it's the yep. flex off pictures yep. and abs and mirror selfies. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to use a YG hashtag because that's not really applicable to what I'm doing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going to use it. That, that is fitness. <laughs> what I do is what fitness is. What you, if you want to power lift, that's fitness. You want to bike, that's fitness. You want to hike, that's fitness. Running, fitness, yoga, fitness, it's everything. We need a separate hashtag was, YEG fitness porn for the, for the booty <laughs> Right, rest. for them, it's crazy. Another rant for it is, that is another I like I like to think of it as a mission to put out the good stuff and fight the battle that you're gonna lose regardless. Right, it's, cra- it's crazy. Because it's just so overtaken with like physique and bikini and bodybuilding, it's like, there's people forget there's more to fitness than those physique and bikini competitions that you can do other stuff competitively. You know what I mean? And that's why I originally went in and um, that's why I originally went in and got into the physique competitions because I needed and I was looking for a competitive outlet after soccer. And it is such a neat, easy, handy one to do um, because you can work around injuries. It's so good and so easy. But man, then when, when I checked in and I realized how unathletic and how <laughs> horrible and how much you just hate it. I'm I'm on a structured eating disorder first of all with absolutely <laughs> horrible. That's true. Horrible, horrible, horrible coaching from a very reputable local coach or trainer, whatever you want to say. There's nothing reputable about that coach. Oh, ma- oh it was bad. I remember who that was. Yeah. It Fuck was, him. It, yeah. He he tried to steal a client from me. That guy could go to hell. Yeah. On the other end, you could do powerlifting like me and be broken after hip surgery and then think like, hey. Bench 440. Well, I've done well in powerlifting, but it was know, a... Congratulations. It, 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 it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I should have picked athletics. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that, but uh, yeah. But you know, you, know, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it was such an easy, like, oh, it was something everyone yeah. was doing. And I just urge anyone it's that's thinking about getting into it. Like really give yourself a second thought and know that if you want to get serious about it, like you're you're gonna have to. We well, gotta do go a lot of questionable yeah. things, and I think that 
I don't know. It's just, that's, I think people look at that as fitness, which I guess it's one little sector of it, but it's really big here. It's really now, big, yeah. F- it's it's huge. Now, f- there's a few things, and I don't want to go too far down this, but yeah, we'll get you know, we could all go back at the same time to one of the reasons why these commercial gyms exist and fitness is as big as it is, is someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who ultimately was, you know, Absolutely. the original fitness competition, the bodybuilding. Arnold was in a huge way re- the re- reason why we have gyms everywhere for popularizing all this stuff. So what the modern stuff has taken a bit of a dark turn. Uh, we see a lot of negative stuff out there. There's still some positive, but uh, you know its foundations has probably still led to a lot of good. So that's definitely not to counter everything you guys are saying because it's all valid. But I also, I, you know, I think back to, you know, like Arnold inspired a lot of us to get started, you know, at a younger age. And but he had I, personality. I still, like, that's that's what I mean. There was star power involved with that stuff. Like, you go to that, like, how many shows do they run? I don't, I don't want to bash on it too much. Well, I definitely don't want to bash on it. He's got a client in one, so I'm not going to be too hard about it. No, for a lot of people, it's fantastic. And there are people that are truly passionate about it yeah. and so good at what they do. But... When you're going in and you're seeing hundreds and hundreds of people in these fitness competitions, do you know how bo- like there's there's a small percentage of people that should actually be doing well, them right that, that have number one the genetics that actually want to do and be there and know what they're fully submersing themselves in because anyone that's involved in those shows you know like they're well ninety percent of the people probably shouldn't be in them. I, I just I have this rant about you can ask a lot of my friends. <laughs> Like once 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 a week, it's just like you have these sports that are easily accessible. Anyone can sign up to first show. Anyone can successfully sign up for a powerlift meet. Whatever those sports are easy access. That doesn't mean that because you're passionate about it, you're going to be good at it. Right. And I think people have this misconception that if I sign up and work hard enough, I'll be good at it. But then you go to a show like that. There's hundreds of people, and there's a very small percentage who are meant to do that. And I guess. Everyone can make their own choices, but how much time are you willing to throw away to a goal that you may not be predisposed to be good at all, even if you tried? Right. It's just a lot. I think there's there's another aspect too. You've seen the gross growth of the aesthetic competitions. Bikini and men's physique have made it a lot more accessible. And in a way, it's caused a revitalization of that. As I, I hate using the term sport, but of the sport yeah and it's brought more to the 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 real hardcore element of it and brought fans back to it because Mm. it has become more accessible i really don't think most of the people entering it have any business being there these young women especially with disordered eating behavior and very unhealthy uh body image they really do not belong on a stage i wrote something about this just a few days ago on my social media like fuck no and a lot of these coaches are out there very very happy to take their money feed it feed upon their insecurities they'll troll right. in these gyms i see this and there are coaches in the city who will walk up to women and they will say shit like oh you know you'd be great up on stage if if you just lost a little weight here like that negative pickup artistry type shit except Fuck in gym setting and insecure <laughs> women will actually fall for the scrap and there's some very very notorious coaches who practice this behavior and they get a reputation for it but it doesn't stop them and this shit works. And then they turn around, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves. They're selling drugs rat. to these girls oh, and man. people, right? Like, you know, if you are coaching your clients and then you're also, and this is the industry, and I'm gonna call the industry out on this crap. They're selling the drugs to their own clients. They're making mostly the money on this the drugs. And that's that's one of the dirty, bull, dark aspects of that side of the industry. So yeah. I'm not going to yeah, make when, any when friends I, there. When I talked on, on that real quick, that was a really brief rant. Man, I got a flood of inbox messages of people saying, thank you for revealing that. Yeah, on your Remember post. That one? Basically, Mike said, like for those of you listening, Mike had a post very similar to what Andrew just said. Basically, just highlighting the shit. And he just called. Well, I don't know if you called anyone out. I you just kind of called anyone out. It was just a well-rounded of like this goes on. People yeah. should know about this. If you are getting into a fitness competition, know that this is this yeah. side of it, and this is what goes on, and this is what you can expect to happen with you know your coach pushing drugs on you, letting you know that if you want to do well, if you want to jump up, and you want to you know make make the podium, make the make the top five. This is what's going to have to happen, and they're going to be making huge money off of you by doing so. And you know, I got a lot of messages from coaches saying you shouldn't be talking about that. You should, and it's just Fuck like, man, that. that's what needs to happen. 
yeah. right? Because I had no idea about that until I was fully <laughs> submerged in it, getting pressured in, and you know, ultimately well, declining that. Well, I think that that's but. the difference. There's the people who want to succeed, and they would choose that route on their own, regardless of what their coach said. And then there's pushing it on people who have no idea what the fuck is going on. Right. And I think that's what that post was highlighting. And the coaches can get mad all they want, but yeah. well, the coaches I mean, are trying to protect their little circle they they're very very good at circling the wagons and protecting their own but if they had good and business practices they wouldn't be fucking threatened by that shit anyway well and then doors getting broken open by this anyway by more prevalence of online coaching and, and oh, yeah. people have more access to better service now and i've often spoken about this the dinosaurs of this industry they're going to die off and, and i'm looking are, forward to nice. they already are yeah. you're already seeing some of these people are no longer as relevant they're not as successful with this stuff and I'm smiling the whole way because they're just some bad people. Now, you know what? They're also some really great people too, but there's plenty of bad. So I don't want to paint them all the same brush. That's not fair either. Right. Okay. Are we <laughs> hashtag red? I love that. Oh, rabbit okay. Is, is it, is everyone good? I'm okay. That, that's better than anything we scripted anyways. Yeah. No, I like it. It was awesome. All right. So mountain Mike. Here we go. Okay. Passion for the outdoors. Was that always part of you? No, or is I, that something, okay, he answered it, or is it something that you kind of fell into later? I, I fell into it later. It was uh, it was really random how this all all happened. Uh, it was just a friend of mine that said, asked me if I ever watched this TV show. It was an adventure TV show where two guys go out, get dropped out in the bush, have to try to find their way out of a situation. Uh, I ended up watching it and was like, man, that's super cool. I'm going to try doing that. I watched it this weekend in preparation. Yeah, did you? <laughs> so I was like, man, like there, it, it was fucked. Yeah, it was. And I'm like, man, it looks pretty cool. I mean, it looks I cool. think I can do that. So it was just baby steps. And next thing you know, I just fully immersed myself in it. And, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Now here I am, you know, solo multi-day hike, summer, winter, whatever conditions. And I'll go and go just me and my dog for, I'll take on anything. I feel pretty good and confident these days. How how do you plan your, I guess, season of outings? Like, do you have a plan or do you kind of do it on the go? Because there, there's obviously things you want to accomplish, like just knowing you. Yeah. There's, prob there's probably goals in terms of what you want to hit or where you want to go, where you want to go remotely. So how do you kind of go through that process? Uh, always at the beginning of the year and certain things pop up of kind of like the bucket list, yeah. you know, hikes and areas and destinations and summits that I want to get to. Uh you know, sometimes I, I plan away and make sure I knock all those ones off my list and some of them kind of come and go. Uh, sometimes it's just super spontaneous. I load up the car and just, I have no idea where I'm going and wherever I head off to in the morning, it might be Banff or Jasper or Nordic or wherever I want to go. And, and then wherever I end up, I just hike in and I do my thing. It's pretty, it's, it's the spontaneous aspect of it is really fun, but sometimes you need to be a little bit more planned and calculated if, especially if yeah. it's a three or four day trip, you need to know what you're bringing for food and where you're going, what the conditions are like and weather. Cause if you're not planning in that regard, uh, you can get yourself, especially in winter into some yeah. serious trouble where, you know, you know, freezing to death could be a very realistic thing that you might be up against. Where, so you talk about a lot of things. Yeah. Who are your mentors that kind of, or maybe you didn't have any mentors. How did you figure out the process to figuring out the process? Honestly, Does that make sense? That was so much just trial and error, starting smaller, working up to kind of like a more medium approach and then going out and doing whatever I do on my own, which obviously is not the most intense aspect that you could get up to. I'm not summiting Everest or anything or approaching K2, but uh, anytime that you are alone, that risk for... Uh, error is very very small or that room for error is very very small and uh yeah so a lot of it was just you know internet's a internet. beautiful thing of just reading little bits and making mistakes along the way and luckily none of the mistakes have been too big that i'm still here what's you your, haven't died yet what's, what's your biggest mistake let's go there um damn it i would say it was just gear to be honest i'd say gear would be the yeah. biggest one of just too heavy you know, starting off too heavy so yeah. like a financial drop of <laughs> you know thinking you're going to be okay and then of course just like you guys know anytime that you get involved of something that you love there's always more expenses and you can get oh, yeah. something that's a little lighter for you know, five times as much money to save a little bit of this and that and well, i was gonna say you could look you know, if you go look at his videos or even the stuff you do on instagram like you got like 
gear's expensive. I'm looking at there and I'm counting. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, you got you're, nice, you're carrying like a small fortune on your back for sure. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just cool. like it's just like those guys who do downhill riding. You've probably seen them all like I, in Calgary. Do, like, I do that too. <laughs> well, there's there's like hundred thousand dollars hanging off the back of their truck and like four bikes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like insane. Oh yeah, four it's, bikes. It's, but. Yeah, they can be. They yeah, my you know road bikes, downhill bikes, my the whole collection. It's outdoors it's, ain't cheap, man. Even it's even not though cheap. even though it is. It's free if you get shitty stuff, but if you get really <laughs> passionate about it and like it's expensive. And that's the worst is when you get so fully immersed, it's just it adds up more and more. But that is not to take away from people that do want to get out there and no. do it. That you you know, as I get into it, I I try to invest in the the very light and, you know, more expensive stuff so I can go quicker, faster. Um, but it never it doesn't need to start off that way. You can you can get a pretty like decently priced setup for a good price so yeah like for someone looking to get into it i guess even just the basics like how much you look in if you want want like a thousand bucks you'd have like a really solid setup to be out there on your own which i wouldn't recommend starting off on your own obviously you want to but you did that didn't you or someone uh yeah yeah you did i heard i heard one of mike's podcasts he went he did what like any good athlete would do and not take any advice and just do it on your own uh, is that right the, is live that, live and that, learn i don't it's always like you should probably do as you say not say that's your you appearance do. on uh shane fantasy's yeah, yeah. champions podcast so shane's a good friend of mine and uh this is actually if you guys are listening to this and if you're actually looking for more podcast stuff and you want to see hear more mike go check out city of uh, champions and yeah. again the host is shane fantasy and there's a michael dietrich episode and they get a bit more than we probably will hear into a lot of your exploits when it comes to mountain stuff yeah it was pretty it's involved a, with it's a good episode so i really enjoyed it you don't actually go alone never you bring the dogs i've never went alone so i'm a dog lover myself if you're not you're weird or you like cats and then you're weird anyways do you like cats andrew i'm not gonna go there my, my cat would probably kick the crap out of all your dogs. Yeah, so. okay. Tell us more about the role. Because at this point, I would say their popularity is about the same as yours in terms of comments on your page. People are looking Cats for what's... Your no, dogs. The, 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 no, the dogs. Oh, your yeah, dogs, no, no, your dogs you know, are you know so arguably more popular. Yeah, it's, you. you know what's so funny now? Because I'll be out on some of my hikes and uh, like Bear's running ahead and doing his thing. And I've had multiple times now people go, oh, it, Bear Bear? <laughs> and then they look at me and they're like are, are you mike and i'm like yeah like, oh i recognize bear bear right away i'm like you're mountain mike right i'm like yeah yeah it's pretty weird but so mike cool. has, mike has two dogs one is a what uh bull terrier which is my ugly little white that's, one that's don cherry dog yep yep yeah and then bear bear is a shepherd lab husky mix a mutt but the love of my life and they're one of the reasons why people don't know your training because it's either you're in the mountains, you're biking, or you're doing things with your dogs. dogs so yeah. how could you possibly have time to train? Right. I know. I don't know. So what's what's their role in all this? Uh, well, the whole thing. I just love them. I don't know. I'm just I'm just like a, <laughs> yeah. a dad of fur. I don't know. They they just find that place in your heart, and you just can't live without them. And if you want to like see me cry and get emotional, I always just think about that there's going to be one day I'm going to have to say goodbye to Bear Bear and I want to make sure I leave no regrets with him. As crazy as that sounds, I want to enjoy every single moment and give him the best life that I can. So when those weekends roll around, um, you know, a lot of it is for me and for, you know, the peace of mind of getting there in the outdoors and everything, but uh, to see his happy little tail wagging away makes me pretty happy too. And I always wanted to know this. So Mike goes mountain, he goes in the mountains, takes videos. Why do you only bring Bear Bear? Uh, Bowser, he has hair like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, I, I have taken Bowser before, but he, you know, in the, in the, especially right now, if the weather were to flip and you were to get a snowstorm, man, that guy has no insulation. He is a, just a, a little muscle and he would freeze. He's like a little piglet. He's probably, is he anywhere near as agile or athletic as Bear Bear is to be able to conquer some of the terrain too? He's more like a sprinter. Like yeah. he, he's pretty good. He's done some pretty amazing stuff with me before, but uh, he's, he doesn't, he's not as well-rounded. Um, so he just like sits Bear home Bear. and like, is like, fuck you guys for having all these adventures without me. Yeah, he comes, he's looking he, he Instagram. goes skateboarding with me, right? He's I'm looking sure at Instagram all your way. You just see him like, oh. Yeah. Bull, <laughs> Bull Terrier Bowser on Instagram. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's 
take this in a little bit of a different direction, and yeah, I'm hoping to evoke a little bit of a, a, a rant type commentary here. Again, we on our we didn't so- have any. No, none at all. On our society that spends too much time hidden in cubicles, uh, confined to the couch, yeah, in front of televisions, definitely on the electronic devices. Yeah. Uh, you, what are your thoughts on that? And thoughts about people trying to escape from that. I always think that at the end of the day, when it really boils down to it, you have memories and experiences at the end of the day. And what real memory or experience are you going to get out of watching a TV show or being on your tablet or doing anything like that? Uh, so, you know, any time that I have my spare time, I try to get out there and have memories and experiences. So I'm just trying to collect all of those. Sometimes I document them. Sometimes I don't. So I don't know any story, good story that I have about sitting on my couch watching whatever TV show. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I think that balance can definitely be there. But it does hurt me a little bit inside when uh, you know you sit down and you talk with someone and they don't really have any hobby or anything that like a thriving passion. So it doesn't matter. Maybe it's maybe it's yoga or Pilates or powerlifting or biking or any whatever it is. Uh, if you can get off that couch and away from the tablet and put that away and just kind of be present doing something that you love and using your body. You know, we have this one body, this one vehicle, this one gift that we have that should be taken care of. And you're just abusing it with this modern day technology that, you know, it's just so dis. We need to disconnect a little bit more. It's something I believe so strongly. Are you telling all of your YouTube uh, watchers that like, Stop watching your YouTube channel of your adventures. And just <laughs> yeah. just get out there and do it. You know, it's. I, I can honestly say one of the most rewarding things is when I do get those messages of you know maybe it's just someone rather than like the mountains are three or four hours away. I was say we live even we, in Edmonton. Even if you're not in Calgary, like it's still a day people trip. People think I'm crazy, but I'm excited to get up at four a.m. when I maybe would be sleeping until eight on the weekend, and I'm out there and I'm having the best weekend. And even if it's just for a day hike. Then you can come back and it's like, hey, what did you do on the weekend? Oh man, I went and I summited this mountain or I had this experience and that, where so much of the time it was just kind of like putzing around or you know going out to the bar again, you know, on Friday well, and Saturday, and, and it's it, just like there's no really good real memories. When we live, and for those of you who are listening that maybe aren't from Edmonton, like we live beside the Rocky Mountains, like it's a natural wonder, and we're not far away from it. So I mean, like to to have that there and not use it almost seems like a crime. Like when you know what? When I'm in Banff or Jasper, I'm talking to people that are traveling from all over yeah, the world. They're huge. venturing from all over just the world shit. just to see what we have, like right beside us. Yeah, a couple a couple hour drive away. That if you went in and you picked up a, co- a couple friends, it costs you nothing in gas. You have no expenses to go and do a hike in just the gear that you have, your running shoes and this and that. And you can go have a really, really awesome, super kick-ass day, and you know, at, at almost no expense. Well, and that leads to the next question. But essentially, not everyone's meant to be in the gym. Like their route to fitness isn't going to be the gym. So, what are some ways that our listeners or people, anyone kind of listening in, can incorporate outdoors stuff into or activities into their fitness regimen? Like how? Well, I think, first of all, you need to look at the demographic of where you're living. So that's going to change things a lot because this is based out of Edmonton. When you look around, we have an incredible river valley. So we have sets of stairs. We have endless trails. Uh, I don't think people know that we have one of the largest networks of trails in all of Canada for uh, cross country, uh, cross country running, cross country mountain biking. Uh, we have the river, which you can paddle, you can kayak, you can row bike, you can mountain bike, you can run, you can do stairs. We have outdoor classes. There's yoga, and there, you know, it's literally <laughs> it's endless. endless. There's so much stuff that you can do. So if being in the gym isn't for you, I think any of us can agree that if you absolutely hate going in and you know being boxed in by those walls and you know weightlifting and circuit training isn't your passion then just find something that you love and enjoy that literally in the morning that you wake up and you're, I'm excited to do this. Cause if you hate going to the gym, I'd say don't do it. There's a lot of benefits to it, but you got to find something that you love and you're going to be so thankful once you find it. Well, it's similar to the nutrition stuff we're going to talk about, but adherence is key. So if you don't want to do it, you'll, you'll kind of slum your way through it till you're like, well, unless you have a really stubborn attitude, you'll just kind of go through life hating it. But why would you do that when you could do something you like that's, even if it's a little less beneficial, you'll just do. That's right. I even look at my my own training that I do for myself. 
that in the summertime, I'm kind of on a maintenance level of three hours per week. I'm training full body three times per week, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if I'm in town. Uh, and you know, I'm cycling is more, I'm more passionate about that. I'm more passionate about being in the mountains. So I keep up with my maintenance. I do my due diligence uh, with that. And then I, my, my hobbies and my true, true loves take over. And the gym plays a huge role in helping me get better at doing those activities. So they kind of work hand in hand in order for me to excel in my passions the best way that I possibly can, because the gym is the outlet. Well, I was going to say is, do you, at this point, do you, even, I don't want to say, do you like the gym? Obviously you like the gym, but is that more of a gateway to do the things you like better? Or do you still enjoy training? I know uh, it's a horror, like, but no, no, that's, that's, that's such a good question. Um, I don't have any physique based goals yeah. anymore. That used to be something that I had, uh, you know, I, I reached a point that I was happy with. And now all the training that I do is directly related to the things that I I love and I enjoy. So I always at the back of my mind when I'm setting it up and doing my programming for myself personally, yeah. it's all directly related to how can I get better at doing the things I love, cycling, hiking, all that. It's like when stuff. you played soccer, man. I'm, I'm, I'm building connections, but like it's that's a hundred. That's exactly it. That's you know when you're, when you're playing football, you don't want to just be good at bench pressing. You want to your yeah. training so you can boulder be- those guys over to get through them. You want to squat so you can be faster, more powerful. And I mean, this is I mean, Dean, I know you're you were powerlifting and got out of powerlifting for me personally uh i don't know how you can just surround yourself with three big lifts at the core of every and it's, like no you talk to me about this of how do you guys it's those three, so you know? I, I think it's boring to yeah. be honest like I, i'm doing all like so we're anthony and i my business partner and i we're kind of coaching athletes and doing all these things so we're running ourselves through the program yeah and so i'm training like we did back in football it's way more fun super fun and we're doing all this stuff and like i'm actually kind of invigorated to work out again because when you're when your one goal is to get strong like strength is the only base to get st- there's not that many when you get down that far into specificity there's yeah. not that many things you're doing so if you don't like doing those things it's it's, it's that same idea like it's kind of boring yeah and so, and it's yeah, just playing, playing with loads and, and templates. I was more stubborn in my approach. I just wanted to be the best, 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 best. I was so narrow-minded, and I think I talked to you a few times via messenger. Is like, man, I just need to get back to biking and hiking and doing athletic things because I'm not doing shit. Yeah. And training was getting in the way of me doing that because I'm like, man, if I go biking, I'm gonna have a bad workout. And my it's gonna go down. It was almost like a cycle of poor decisions in yeah. my mind. But it's yeah. great that both of you guys actually come from that perspective because you'll be able to relate to clients who are experiencing something very similar. A lot of people are going to be coming into a gym environment very, very narrow in their focus or coming from a place where they're not even used to the gym at all. You'll be able to relate to some of the stuff that they're bringing in. Right? My experience has been different because I've never competed on a stage or on a platform. It's mm-hmm. never been my love. Uh, and I just lift for me. And, and it's something I've always really enjoyed a lot. So... I'm not in that same place. That's a more wholesome place to be in terms of lifting. And I guess it comes down to, I guess it depends on your personality. When you're playing soccer, I'm sure no one could tell you otherwise that you were going to figure it out. And what you meant to give up happened to be probably social experiences and then time in the gym. And I guess I was just sick of that. And it's nice to, it's going to be nice to transition into a goal that's more, I guess, not competitive. Because my competitive nature, probably like yours, is just you're not going in there to be last you're going to be first and what you have to give up to be first sometimes it's things you don't even want to give up right and that's what i that's my that's basically my rant is that i get so i don't get pissed off but i want people to take better get an idea of what they're getting themselves into and what they have to give up if they want to truly be competitive yeah and that's and that's what i was saying with those fitness competitions i think it's it's not bashing them it's knowing how much you need to fully immerse in yourself and how much you really do need to be giving up in forms of maybe it's athletic performance it's you know social boundaries that you're having and so many different things like that to be good bringing containers of uh, chicken and broccoli (laughs) and rice weddings which is fine like Like i said do whatever you want to do but like make sure you it's that that is what you want to do right because especially make sure it's what you want to do and if you're not good at it yeah make sure it's really what you want to do because like you're going to give up a lot right and i mean and the other thing because it is always biased when you're talking from my perspective loving the mountains going out and biking and cycling that's not for everybody right right 
Andrew's not wrong because he hasn't been in that athletic standpoint and that he just loves going to the gym and he's passionate about it. There's nothing wrong with that. You at one point loved powerlifting and loved football. Football wasn't it for me. Soccer wasn't it for you. So it's like, you know, you really just need to internally, personally look at what you want, do a little bit of self, self-searching self and come up with well, what you want. And I think a lot of people have a problem at being introspective enough to find out what makes them happy. Yeah. Because they, they just find things that are easily accessible. Like, you know, that could make me happy. But, like, figure it out. Figure it out first before you make a lot of decisions that... I don't know. Maybe I'm just being... Sometimes it's a trial and error, right? Because I'm yeah, that's, the that's fitness, true too. fitness competitions thinking, yeah. man, I need a competitive outlet. I'm going to love this. And then reflecting back, I had to do it before... And submerse myself in in order to learn how much I didn't like it. Well, essentially, you wouldn't have found out about the mountain stuff unless you just, well, you watched a TV show, thought you could do it, try it, and you're like, man, this is fun. And then some, I hit yeah. the bang, nail on the head. Yeah. You learn something from television. There's the lesson. There's a takeaway, yeah. guys. Watch television. I think I, I think people I watched, not to watch I television. I watched it once. I think I watched one episode. And, and you just told us not to watch television. Yeah. He's but batting a thousand on that. <laughs> Let's shift it to yeah. some of the nutrition yeah. stuff we were talking about before and planned. Uh, you, you've got a good reputation for a lot of no-nonsense nutrition, a lot of practical stuff. Uh, you, I've shared your videos myself. One of them is great where you put Mio in plain Greek yogurt, and I got a ton of shit. I had people coming back to me six months later talking about yeah. that video. Uh, you know, your thoughts on uh, no-nonsense nutrition? This is a, I feel like we could have a whole separate podcast just on this, but <laughs> um, a huge part of where that came from was actually... Uh, you know, going in and doing those fitness competitions and you're on this regimented diet of, you know, prescribed exactly what you should be eating every meal of every day and on and on and on and on and seeing how much problems came from that where it was just structured eating disorders for so many people. And I'm sure that you guys have, can agree and have seen it as well that it is just so much regimented structured eating disorders or temporary fixes or yo-yo diets going up and down. So getting in and finding something that is a realistic approach that you can um, sustain long-term is the absolute best diet that you could ever be on, right? So when in terms of my nutrition, uh, the if it fits your macros or flexible diet, flexible dieting thing came into play and you know, here we are. Uh, here we are today, where flexible flexible dieting is. You know, do you guys practice that yourself? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think that, and this is where I don't want to bash people. Too. There's a lot of information, but that made the most sense adherence wise. Adherence, why? I mean, there's there's so many so many different parts to it, but flexible dieting is one of the biggest is one of the biggest beliefs for me because it is well rounded. It's uh, long-term attainable for everybody and it's something that I've seen huge success with and for most people I find it to be a little bit a little bit easier yeah I just don't get stressed doing it like obviously I followed other stuff just to try it but I mean I always fall back to it because it's easy it's simple if you find a baseline it just makes nutrition fucking simple find yeah. a baseline subtract add based on your goals it is and fit your macros to some extent obviously eat clean from I'm like an 80 20 guy yeah, yeah, no, we, of course. Like a side story, uh, Michael and I will comment on each other's cereal, which falls obviously into that 20% of shit. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's just one of those things where like, I still want to eat cereal. It, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I'm going to do it anyway, so I might as well just make it work. Right. So that's that kind of what it goes down to, making it work for yeah. you. Because otherwise, I'll just, I don't know. I, I'm more stressed out like when I'm not on a structured diet. And structured meaning at least have some guidelines. Yeah. So if I don't, I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I just don't eat enough. Actually, I just don't eat enough if I'm not structured. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's so, there's, it's a really tough question to answer because it is so heavy and there's so much involved in it. And yeah. you, every single client you need to look at as an individual. And Correct. You, there's no one fits all, one size fits all protocol. So, you know, if flexible dieting isn't going to work for that person, they need a little bit more structure, um, then obviously that's what I'm going to give them. But usually I like to start off with a flexible diet approach and kind of go into the back end work. Just uh, habits. So much of the time I need to, 
you know, I feel like I'm the damage control guy that's coming in and fixing up metabolisms from, you know, damaged fitness comp or fitness competitors or someone that's been yo-yo dieting for a long period of time. So they come in and I implement some form of flexible dieting. And the, that's always the weird thing is people, when they come into it, they think they're going to be getting something like so structured and so regimented. And it ends up being a little bit more general, especially at the start than what they think. And then he just narrows in and funnels in. And as you funnel in, um, you know, th that's when the magic really starts to happen and you can kind of tweak, adjust things little by little. And next thing you know, things are good. Well, and, and do you like to teach habits a lot? And I know that's not, like that's, flexible dieting is like the goal, but I mean, you probably address habits a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. There's just, there's just so much to it and it's developing, developing the habits. Uh, there, yeah, there's so much habit based. It's like it's it's insane how much it is habit based because so much of the time people are looking at like the eat this and eat that and how does this food affect the body and all the small little particulars and they're paying too much attention to the small details and not enough attention to the bigger picture. Yeah, and I mean that's that's exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Okay. What, you get sleepy, man. No, I was just fiddling with the Facebook Live we had going. Oh, on. yeah. So, so for those who don't know, we're trouble. kind of streaming on Instagram and Facebook, just trying shit out. So just hi, new, if you new stuff. Just just tr throwing the kitchen sink at this podcast thing and seeing you what sticks. But probably hit on this a little bit with the last thing. And we were just we wanted to know where you see people consistently struggle with their nutrition, uh, and what are people worried about that really doesn't matter very much. <laughs> And what are people constantly overlooking that actually is really important? Yeah. Uh, I think the thing that people struggle with nutrition is paying attention to small details that don't really matter. So they're looking at, you know, just little like, will this food work for me? Will that food work for me? Where they're not looking at the bigger picture where, you know, the king is calories. We got to figure out where your calories are. We got to figure out where you're sustaining your, your weight, where's your basal metabolic rate sitting. Once we figure that out, we can add, subtract, whatever it is based on the goals. And then from there, we kind of tweak, fine, fine tune and engineer those protein, carbs and fats and fiber, and then all, you know, making sure the micronutrients are taken care of. It's all very, very simple yet complex. I feel like it's, you know, simple for us because it's something that we're so involved with in what we do. Yeah. But then again, when you look introspectively, maybe for yourself, you can kind of get a little bit hung up on what exactly you should be doing. So it's it's one of those things. It's like it is very simple, yet it is very complex. And that's why that we have jobs is because, you know, we've kind of mastered those small, fine details. I think people come in almost expecting greater degrees of complexity. That's also something that they yeah, find very that's... intimidating. And sometimes that level of simplicity is almost surprising. Now, people at the same time have a tendency towards going to quick and easy fixes uh, and they gravitate towards things like cleanses and detoxes. And we'll be here all night if we start going down that road. Yeah. But they're looking for that one food they can change, which, no, it doesn't matter the calories. And everything you said about both the calories and getting protein right and also all this habit stuff, anyone who's listening to this who works with me is going to be like, well, that's exactly what I do as well. My approach is almost yeah. well, identical. A lot of the most of the people doing well dieting stuff are usually some form of that i think that where flexible dieting got its negative connotation is the people who are like i can eat pop tarts and get ripped partially not wrong just probably not the best approach to flexible dieting yeah and, and that's idiots why on was, instagram just went completely bananas with this whole idea but and, it made it, and the clean eating zealots they grab on to and this is like any ideological it's shit. All the same shit though clean any, eating is flexible any, any ideology be it religion politics food and trust me Food gets just as contentious as the oh, previous man. two. People will grab onto the worst examples on the other side of their ideological spectrum, yeah. and they'll highlight it. Well, that's why I try to. That's why I try to stay away from saying, "Hey, man, like nutrition's not that fucking hard," because it's not for me. But I understand why it's hard because you go look at flexible dieting, and that's the first. Usually, the first thing you see is like all the shit you can eat, and they're like, "Ah, oh, that sounds good," but it's not really that, right? And and the big thing is, is people are not are they're not looking from the psychological aspect of it, and that is that is where the nutrition role comes into yeah. play that if psychologically we can handle that it's not about the food selection it's about psychologically how can we keep you on track and people lose sight of that more than i could ever explain so if there's the biggest mistake people make 
it's not the selection of the diet and i say that with quotations yeah. it's the psychological aspect of that diet and how can they can well, attain that well it goes period. back to the same thing with the training if you don't like what you're doing and it's not working for you don't fucking do it yeah because you could find people who hate their diet and like much like the fitness competition they, they there's no way anyone likes that shit but they'll will their way through it because right. of the goal finding, finding something that is easy people always want to have these boundaries and parameters put on things so that when we come into play and then all of a sudden it's like you actually have openness and flexibility and you don't really have so much for boundaries people kind of get freaked out by that and they want they want a little bit more but speaking from experience of working with you know hundreds of clients and you know having a lot of you know hundreds of success stories that i can tell you from experience that this stuff works it does it just works especially when you deal with all their habits and then you add in something like flexible dieting which when you have someone you're coaching it's not that hard to implement at that point it's just sometimes hard to talk about it when you when you bring up that word flexible yeah. dieting. So many people get freaked out, and you're just like, especially when they go look at pop tarts, man. Like that's like that's I said, just, the first thing is like literally if you go look at flexible dieting, hashtag flexible dieting, you'll see more shit than you'll see good. Or yeah. your power lifters with your donuts. Oh and man, but crap. there's no sidestep. There's no way they're counting those in their macros. <laughs> like there's no like it's almost like a movement. I don't. Even, I'm not gonna get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about <laughs> rabbit holes. Here we go. You know my feelings on that one. Yeah. I don't want to have a rant today. I'm good. We've had enough. Okay, let's sidestep and kind of wind this thing down. How do you balance your career? Like, you're gone on adventures. Like, at this point, it seems like every weekend. How do you balance your career with that? Uh, Well, I work very hard and very long hours from Monday to Thursday. If I'm in town, it's Monday Training, right? You still train. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday. Uh, I do do a lot of online work as well. Uh, The beautiful thing of when I'm in the mountains or whatever I'm doing, I can always take that online work with me. So even though I am out adventuring, I might be in the tent or backcountry or just day hiking or doing whatever I'm doing, I can always settle down and address, you know, different messages rolling in or address the online programming so i try to have a really good balance with that speaking from experience i know how many or not from experience but just being involved in the industry how many trainers get burnt out and they can't get themselves back on track because they're working endlessly long hours seven days a week from you know six in the morning until nine at night and i think we can all be guilty for that but having that kind of refreshment of getting out and enjoying your weekends and Andrew, I know that you were working crazy long, extremely hard hours, and finally, I'm so happy to see you taking time out for yourself and getting away. And even though it's fitness related, <laughs> a lot of time is conferences. Well, but you, you actually went away and you visited. Did you home. see my post today? No, I didn't. You should read what I said. Oh, did you? Like, really? Whoops. Yeah. I actually came back from that incredibly fried and cooked. But well, that's uh, what I was going to say. That, that leads me in that. Like, yeah. does like your mountain trips aren't easy? How are you not burnt out? Like, just. I'm excited. I think it's because I'm excited and I love them. And, you know, there are times that I come back from a weekend of like, you know, maybe it's hundreds of kilometers on a bike or just facing some crazy, crazy conditions. But I do try to come back on a Sunday so that uh, I have a little bit of a buffer day before jumping into things because it can be incredibly, uh, it can be incredibly demanding sometimes. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I love asking this question because uh, I'm a huge avid book reader. Uh, are you reading anything noteworthy right now? And is there a book that, you know, at some point in the past you've read that really changed your life? Was really important to you? Ah, oh, Andrew. You I don't make, read, you make, man. You make, I me, can't you read. make me feel bad because I know you're reading everything at any given time. Uh, it's been a little while since I really picked up a book and fell in love with it. Uh, I am subscribed to the Strength and Conditioning Research Um peer-reviewed articles so i always do Contreras stuff the math yeah 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 yeah. so i I always go buzz over and do my due diligence keeping up you can't use that because alfred alfred's is going to be released before this and his favorite books is research (laughs) (laughs) oh no yeah Yeah, so okay okay, it doesn't have to be a self-help business whatever book what's your favorite book of all time Dr. Seuss. Honestly, I love uh, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. It's a okay. short, quick, easy, simple read. And it's something that I just feel, 
you know, if you're going to be do something, do it your absolute best, your absolute potential, give it your all, put it into it, be passionate. And it's something I felt like I've done well. So maybe that's why it kind of speaks home to me. I do love that. Um, I just love, I do love a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk's books because it is just, it does hit home. They're simple. They're easy reads. Uh, you can blow through them and he's just so real and relatable. Does he swear as much in his books as he does the, in his, uh, the thing is, uh, like, not quite as stuff. much, but he's, have you not? Funny enough, I've just like as much as I read, I've never read one of his books yet. Have so. you listened oh, to his podcast? Have you listened to his podcast? Yeah, I listened to it's, some of his podcasts. It's not as good as his like little snippets in his live yeah. shows. So I, I was like, man, you're actually really interesting. Then I go to the podcast, I'm like, man, you're really annoying. Sorry, <laughs> if you're yeah, sorry. he's definitely not listening. If, if but he's listening, we're in a lot of trouble right now. But his now. book, like the you books, motherfuckers, are awesome. I'm gonna come on there and teach yeah. you. Yeah, I, I throw them in my favorite. I, like I, I, do, I do have a lot. Of, like I really enjoy like the self help stuff. Um, there's different business books that pique my interest and everything, but uh, I'm not as much of an avid reader as you are. Well, well I was gonna say you have no effing time. You have no effing time. I say like, it, for me for a while now. That's been kind of my downtime, my leisure, and yeah, you know, I recently sort of resolved myself. Well. I still listen to the audiobooks, and I'm going to work on strategically getting through the physical stuff. But I've made a lot of plans with people who are in my life because I really neglected that for a little while, and I felt really kind of burned out and isolated. So, and then again, that's what I was kind of writing about today. So, yeah. just go check that out. It's on my Facebook wall. Yeah, you can I see what that's. I will about. for sure. And uh, yeah, so where can our listeners find you? Um, we've talked about your YouTube, your social media, but what exactly? does that look like in terms of what what's the best way to find you what's the best way to reach you what's the best way to get in contact with you uh my instagram is a, a bigger one that's kind of gained a little bit of traction and that's michael dietrich you can probably just see that linkedin yeah we'll, we'll link it in. uh facebook michael dietrich um i do have my website fitmdtraining.com uh not to take away from these guys if you want to no, anyway, we, we, Mike, we, man, we yeah. brought you on. We just found out you you actually still train. <laughs> well, I knew this all the time, but right. uh, no, I we actually. So, this is where I always do this sort of thing. Like we brought you on here because you're one of the yeah. people in this industry I've respected the most for the longest. I traditionally am a bit of an elitist. And I don't necessarily hold a lot of people in that level of regard. You always have been that. I would comfortably, and I have told people to go train with you, and. I want more people to know about what you're doing. I've shared your work. I'm comfortable with that. This is not a zero-sum game. I have been very blessed. I would safely say that I am one of the busiest trainers in the last seven years at Edmonton. There may not be someone who's done more physical sessions than I have in that time frame. I think that's actually not an unsafe bet. Yeah. So I'm doing okay. I can really throw support behind my friends and people I respect. You are someone that I want people to know about, to follow. And if somebody, if what you've said here really resonates with them, yeah. I'd like for them to reach out and actually train with you. So that's not a problem. So sell yourself, my friend. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's very cool to see that kind of overlap of like, we all come from different backgrounds. We have so much overlap, but then so many differences. And that's a big thing when people are going out looking for a trainer, because I know there's going to be those people. Make sure you sit down, take advantage of the consultation, go and sit down, make sure you jive and they're right for you. And uh, yeah, you know, maybe it would be any one of us. Maybe it wouldn't be. And yeah, you can also find me on YouTube at Mountain Mike. Yeah. Well, what do you? Where are you post? Okay, before we wrap it down, where are you posting most of your videos? Uh, a it, lot of them. A lot of them are Instagram. I do have the full length ones over at YouTube, yeah. which I haven't been that diligent of uh, getting on top of. Man, get on top of that. I I, I think I should, but you know what? I just don't want my my. I've already taken one passion to come on as full work. Yeah, uh, which is training. Fair enough. I just don't completely want to take on i've had a lot of really cool opportunities and stuff popping up with all my mountain mike stuff yeah. but i don't know if i want to fully immerse myself in that as work as much as there are a lot of really cool outlets uh we're gonna, just gonna see how that goes and just let it cruise if it catches it catches if it doesn't i'm super cool because it's just because you're doing fun. it you're doing it anyways I, i'm yeah. doing it anyways no matter what cool so, well thank you guys so much for having me on i really appreciate it, it was a wicked day no, this is good. It was great to have you. Thanks again for appearing, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening. If you love what we're doing, uh, please share these podcasts with people that uh, you think would enjoy them. Please subscribe. It. We're still working on the iTunes subscription right now. We'll see if we can get that done. Subscribe. It's on Stitcher. It's on a few other platforms. It's on Google Play. Yeah. We have it on our website. We're putting it on social media. So again, like our yeah. Facebook page, The Fittest uh, Devil You Know Podcast. And just keep coming back and listening because, you know, we're doing this because we want to give you guys some cool info to have a little bit of fun with this. We're not making a dime off this. We spent money on equipment and time. <laughs> we're in debt. It's not. Well, I'm not debt. This is, <laughs> we're in this a, hole, is, this is a net zero project. Yeah. 
but uh, this is this is a passion project and a little bit of our fun yep. too, and a chance to actually drag guys like Mike and obviously we've had Dean Somerset and a few other people, the free fitness guys on already to get to hang out with them. So this is a little bit of fun for us too. Thanks for sharing in it, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take it easy. Thanks, guys.